welcome back to IMG Advisor, the podcast series, Tom. Uh, you say in French, Catra. Catra, four. Number four. Mm-hmm. Uh, and episode four as well. Catra. Four for four. Catra, Catra. So your French le- lessons are paying off. Oui, c'est bon. Oh, oui, c'est bon. <laughs> <laughs> Très bien. Très bien. Uh, but we are going to conduct this one in English. Uh, okay. For, for well, probably to the dismay of our French listeners. I was going to say, I'm, uh, not, I'm not sure that this is really English to Scottish people speaking, but <laughs> it's as close as you're going to get, I'm afraid. <laughs> so today's uh, podcast is going to be looking at what are your accommodation options in the UK. I think we've touched upon this before and, and probably several previous podcasts, um, but it doesn't do any harm to run through it again, Tom. So what do you think? Uh, yeah, I mean, if it's written down there, we should probably do it. Yeah, let's do it. Um, so, kind of key point in accommodation is, and I can't stress this enough, but before you arrive in the UK, it is really, really, really important that you have your accommodation organised um, for yes. both yourself and your family, because nobody wants to be sleeping on the floor in a railway station or an airport I know I've done that previously no well I think for the sanity of any agent that you're working with as well it's unbelievable the number of people who arrive in the UK and or Mm. are about to imminently fly to the UK and haven't thought about where they're going to live and Mm. yeah as Ryan said for me that's probably yeah alongside eating uh, you know having food and water having shelter is probably a pretty good one as well yeah it was a good Rolling Stone song Mm. Like that. Yeah, get a lot of um, doctors phoning us up, quoting us. Give me shelter. Mm. Um, so, <laughs> I guess the again another important thing to realise for long term rented accommodation, private accommodation in the UK, it is actually a legal requirement in the UK now that you have to be there in person to sign the agreement. Um, that was only recently changed. I think it was about a year ago. Mm. So, unfortunately. The, the options available to international dollars are that you're going to have to source some form of short-term accommodation initially in the UK. And that kind of falls into three different uh, categories, if you like. So the option one is to stay at the hospital accommodation. Now, again, hospital accommodation for doctors in the UK is really at a premium. Um, you Because of the age of a lot of NHS trusts and the, the buildings... Um, a lot of the, the previous hospital accommodation was actually demolished um, and rebuilt either in the hands of private companies or it sometimes it is still run by by the trust itself. Now, the or sorry to interrupt, or they have sold it off the yeah, land um, like and so they don't have any accommodation mm. at all. Yeah. Um, so the why, where this is problematic, it's not problematic if you're coming on your own. Um, Usually, in the vast majority of cases, if you're coming on your own, you will be able to find hospital accommodation. Uh, and that will either be that there is accommodation available now or you'll be put on a waiting list, but they will prioritise you being an international doctor coming. Um, where there's a huge drawback is if you're planning on bringing your family because I cannot think of any NHS trust that we work with that ever has family accommodation available. Yeah, I mean, if if they do have it, there's a waiting list yeah. that is as long as you like. It's just not, it's not realistic. Um, it, yeah, 
Yeah, so usually to secure your, your hospital accommodation with your offer letter, there should be sent out an accommodation form. It's really simple, basic details, name, surname, first name, surname, date of birth. Postal address, yeah. Current address, contact number, email address. That gets sent through to HR. HR then send that through to the accommodation office. And you either have to make a payment then and there, or you can pay on arrival in the UK. Um, so that will secure your, your hospital accommodation uh, for when you arrive. Now, a lot of doctors flying in on weekends, um, usually uh, the office accommodation office will be operation, uh, operating Monday to Friday. When you're flying in on a Saturday or Sunday, your keys will usually be left with the switchboard at the main entrance of the hospital. Yeah, but check that because every hospital is different and every set of instructions are different. So just just be aware that if you are, as Ryan said, coming out, out of regular Monday to Friday hours, then you should know what the, what the alternative collection arrangements are. Yeah, and with most um, hospital accommodation, you, you have to be prepared that you probably won't have an ensuite that you will be sharing with other doctors. You'll have your own room, but it may well have a shared kitchen, shared dining room, etc. But they will be fully furnished as well. So you'll have your wash hand basin, etc. Um, but bathroom, showers, kitchen facilities will all be shared. Um, the majority of NHS trusts will deduct your rent for the property from your monthly salary, um, unless it's through a private uh, a private. Uh, accommodation, accommodation provider, which we know that some trusts do. Yeah, Swan, Swan housing, top, top housing. They yeah. tend to be the, the common ones. Um, second option available to you is going to be Airbnb. Now, obviously, with, with recent <laughs> recent problems with COVID nineteen, Airbnb wasn't available to rent for um, for private citizens, if you like. However, if you were an essential worker or work for the NHS, you could still take up that type of accommodation. Um, so Airbnb is an online marketplace that lets people rent out the property or spare room to guests. Um, so the website would allow you to make a single booking or to, to book an entire house. So this option is really good if you're bringing your family, basically. It's usually, I would say as well, so in, in terms of the price, hospital accommodation will almost always be the cheapest. Airbnb is probably a middle ground between a hotel yeah. and, and that. And um hotels and, and private residences are going to mm. be like short holiday that's going to be the most expensive Airbnbs though you do have to bear in mind that the location obviously isn't in the grounds of the hospital always yeah. so where is it mm. uh, and what is the cost going to be over the long term yeah you know? that's it I, I think that taking an Airbnb for long term is, is probably not going to be financially um, viable but again, it's a good place to start when you're first in the UK to get your bearings and obviously to go when you go out to actually look for your long-term accommodation, it's a good base. Um, but again, start the search for Airbnb as, as early as possible. Uh, so that's going to give you the, the most options. Don't uh, If you're flying on a Saturday, don't look at the website on a Friday and try and book something because that will just lead to a mass panic, I'd imagine. Um, and so again, things to, that are important with Airbnb, make sure you read the fine print and the cancellation policy. Um, but they are, it's a, it's a very secure website. Uh, read the reviews of the accommodation. Um, they're, they're fairly fair, I think, as well. And I think that landlords that are renting out rooms or, or that are pretty well vetted by Airbnb. It's a yeah. very safe, safe option to do. I've used it before. I've used it before holidays, as well. So yeah, definitely. Yeah, in other countries, mm. it's, it's definitely worked. Mm. Um, that kind of brings us to the final option. 
is uh, for AMGs, which is to book a hotel. Uh, now, booking a hotel's probably got to be the most expensive of all the options. Um, again, hotels during COVID-19 lockdown haven't been open to uh, the public, but for uh, core workers, essential workers, they have they have been open. Um, so again, if you are looking at booking a hotel, it's probably a good idea to, to uh, touch base with the HR department, see which hotels in the area are closest to the hospital, um, or the, the hospital might actually have preferential rates booked um, with those hotels. What do you think, Tom? Yeah, I, I mean, usually if they don't have a set accommodation office themselves, or even if they do, they'll, they will have usually a list of local landlords that they can fall back on. Um, and as you mm. say, they, they usually have some preferential rates agreed. I know that for the hospitals we work with, there, there are some that we would always go to in the yeah. first instance. Um, but make sure that you check what your relocation package covers. Mm. So if it does cover accommodate, you know, sometimes you might get a month accommodation covered within it. Make sure that that includes private accommodation and that it's up to a certain value. I'm sure that if you arrived in London and booked out for 14 nights at the Ritz-Carlton, then mm. the trust probably not going to reimburse you yeah. as part of your relocation And package. keep keep all your receipts as well. Yes. That's really important. Really important. Um, so if you're looking at booking a hotel, there's obviously a number of uh, price comparison or hotel comparison websites that you can utilise. Um, I think some of the more common... Booking.com. Booking.com, Trivago, yeah. Expedia, Late Rooms. Really, funnily enough, Hotel.com. I've used that one. Oh, okay. <laughs> that's what it says in the, the tin I guess and uh, so I guess the main advantage of booking a hotel for your initial stay is that the, the booking process is fairly flexible uh, often you can book a hotel room with a free cancellation pay on arrival giving you that additional flexibility and I guess it's that thing where if you're in a hotel you can have your breakfast uh, you don't have to bring lots of pots and pans and all sorts of things but I guess that that's the, the that initial couple of weeks in, in the UK is always going to be the most stressful it's where you've got to um, do a lot of things in a short period of time so uh, it is probably advantageous not to might be worth pointing out as well that our advice always is to come by yourself not just for the sake of the accommodation but just yeah. come just come to the UK for the first month or two your family are always able to join you later on dependent visas. Mm. You don't all have to apply at the same time, but just so that you get yourself settled, get used to your hospital, get used to your rota, figure out where the local supermarkets are, where you get your food from, you know, get the lay of the land. And then that allows you time and flexibility to find something longer term so yeah. that when your family do arrive, you've got, a, you know, a flat or a house that mm. you have a tenancy agreement on for, you know, six, 12 18, 24 months yeah. that, that give you a bit of a bit of a home base. Yeah, good. Uh, so that kind of covers off the accommodation um, options available for IMGs, particularly short-term accommodation options. So either stay at the hospital accommodation, um, you can utilise Airbnb or book a hotel. Um, but remember that, yeah, it's, it is short-term. So don't, um, it, it, these are not long-term solutions, but they will get you settled in quickly so that when you do look for your long-term accommodation either a private rented property for example um, that takes a lot of stress out of it so see, see, that, yeah. so I was just going to say sorry to, before I cut you off That's just right. to give you an idea that short term when we say short term we're talking about maybe a week or two weeks Yeah. just to just to get in touch with some estate agents and find something long term it's not you don't need to be in a hotel for three months 
Unless you really want to be. Yeah, I would quite like that. Yeah, if someone was paying for it yeah. for me. <laughs> um, so, okay, so that wraps up today's episode. Um, you will be back with the final episode, Tom, episode five. And it's uh, it's a belter. What is That's it? a good Scottish word. Do we it? have to keep it quiet or is it? No, it's not. It's not a secret. Um, it's how to write a good medical CV. Ooh. Yeah, it's a juicy one, that Just one. Just gave me goosebumps. Good. Uh, okay, well, thanks again for listening. And uh, we will join you next week with the final episode in Series 4. Great. All right. Thanks, Ryan. Thank you, Thomas. Bye, pal. Take care. Bye.